This morning, we're going to share a little bit about what it looks like um, to have the discipline of rest. Woo. Like, I can do this. You're, like, sitting back in your chair. Like, this is going to be a good message. Give me opportunity to relax. I give you permission to sit back and relax. But also, um, just have an open, yeah, someone's snoring. Richard, come on. <laughs> Rest, yeah, there's always, always one. It's usually Richard. <laughs> Biblical rest. Um, I call it a discipline because it is a practice that we need to be intentional about. A practice that doesn't always come naturally to most of us. Um, I wish that it did, but unfortunately, it just doesn't. Like anyone else, I know that life is busy. If you look at a calendar of any parent or any youth pastor or any youth leader, there's color-coordinated everything. There's circles with arrows and notes along the side. You just have busy lives, um, busy schedules. There's a reality behind busyness. Things need to get done. You need to be places. Kids need to go to all these sports and concerts and recitals and all these different things. And that's just within, uh, that's just within students. There's all kinds of busyness. To-do lists a mile long, almost like one of those scrolls in animated movies that just keep going and keep going out the door. Full calendars, hectic schedules, and feelings of rushing. Has anybody ever felt like they were rushed before? Anybody ever felt... If, um, my first few years here, I would take a week vacation with family. And the first three days were like anxiously, can't sit down, like, for, like what do I need to do? What do where do I need to be? Um, even though the lake's right there, you're like feeling this rushedness. It took me three days to realize I was on vacation. Um, there's, it's so much so become um, a reality in our culture. Busyness has become something that the media outlets are taking notice of. They're taking notice and producing uh, articles that say, you know, three top ways to stress and five ways to find calm and chaos. And some of the most popular apps I've learned at Overflow, um, some of the most popular apps are used for slowing down and calmness and meditation. Stare at this lake for 30 seconds and you're, you will find peace. Or, or take deep breaths for 10 seconds. And those are apps that people, some of them, their people are paying for. There's a reality behind busyness, but it's also celebrated. Have you noticed that? Without fail, when I meet with other pastors and other leaders, like, how are you? How are you doing? How are things going? They say, oh, yeah, things are good. Really busy, really busy. Almost like if we had like, oh no, things are really relaxed and calm. It's like we're guilted, like you have to be busy, you have to run. Um, or if you've had a phone call on your day off and someone asks you, what are you up to? You're like, uh, uh. And you like tell them your to-do list even though you're sitting there having a nice coffee or whatever. I drink a lot of coffee. There were times, um, there were times where I would do that. Someone would call me and I would, I would feel almost guilty about having literally nothing on my calendar. It was kind of nice, <laughs> rare, but nice. Um, now, I'm not saying to be lazy. I'm not saying to do nothing. But a to-do list needs to get done. Schedules need to be honored. But dare I say that unhealthy busyness is affecting our effectiveness. Unhealthy busyness is affecting our effectiveness. We're putting little, very little energy and attention um, that we can muster up into so many different things that it's not doing it 
a justice. But if we take the time to rest, the biblical rest, the rest that we're going to talk about in just a bit, if we take the time to rest, we have a full amount of energy, we are rejuvenated, and we can give the most of what we can um, to the things that we're doing. So we can become more effective in what we do by actually resting, which controversies, it's like you rest and then you do good, but no. Believers are so-called... Um, Unhealthy busyness is affecting our effectiveness as believers who are called to accomplish the Great Commission. Jesus was extremely purpose-driven. Would you agree? Jesus was extremely purpose-driven, and yet he was consistently prioritizing times of rest amidst his busy schedule to be renewed in the presence of his Father. He disappeared early in the mornings to pray, and his disciples would wake up and have to look for him. He was with the Father being refreshed, restored. Jesus was extremely purpose-driven, but he did effective ministry at an unhurried pace. Man, that challenged me this year. What does is, what is ministry look like at an unhurried pace? What does parenting look like at an unhurried pace? What does family time and friend time look like at an unhurried pace? How can we be as effective as Jesus at the unhurried pace of Jesus? Moral Revolution is an, uh, is an article that touched on how um, too, too much of our schedule um, can lead, too much on our schedule can lead us to burnout and how that can put us at an emotional distance to the things that are around us. We feel a disconnect with life because we can't properly engage fully in it. Brene Brown is a popular research professor. Um, she's popular in the psychotherapy uh, world, and she writes about numbing behaviors and how we, use, uh, how we use that against vulnerability, and one of them was busyness. Interesting. How slowing down to be still and quiet forces us to face ourselves and face our life. Psychology today ties busyness to statements of identity like, if I'm busy, I'm important. I am needed. I am valuable. I have worth. Being still is uncomfortable. Silence is making people uncomfortable. Are you uncomfortable? No, <laughs> Richard's not. That's good. There's my crickets. Nice. <laughs> um, in this world of celebrating busyness, what role does Jesus, the Prince of Peace, play? What does it look like to actively practice Psalms 37 and, and 4610 that says, Be still before the Lord and patiently wait for him. Or be still and know that I am God. Even in this room right now, there's sometimes this feeling of going to church and rushing through it and then going to accomplish our day. But what does it look like to be still and know that I am God? Can we pray for that in this moment just before we continue on? Let's just pray and invite Jesus to be present as we be still before him. Lord Jesus, we wait for you. Let the busyness of our lives, the stresses of our week, and burden of rushing be released now in your presence. Help us to slow down, to engage with you here, now, and to hear your voice this morning. 
Holy Spirit, bring your comfort and peace beyond understanding. Let us be present with you in this moment. Amen. Amen. In order for us to talk about rest, we must first talk about boundaries. Now, boundaries are a crucial part of my conversation as a youth leader. These are what you do. This is what you cannot do. Do not run on the stage. We had a student fall through the baptismal tank once. Not this one in particular. This one, like when the wall was there. Um, you weren't allowed on the stage. That's why you're not allowed on the stage. <laughs> you're not allowed for that reason. Um, boundaries are good. Boundaries are helpful. Boundaries that are put in our place, um, put in place for our lives are by God, written by God for our benefit so that we don't fall through baptismal tanks. John 10.10 quotes Jesus saying that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but that I might come that you would have life and life to the full. Life to the full. Doesn't everybody want life to the full? We want to live life. I realize that life to the fullest isn't a word. Fullest is not a word. I realized that as I was writing this message. But it's life to the full. There's people striving to live life to the full. They're trying to achieve life to the full by making the most amount of money or collecting the most possessions or cultivating the healthiest relationships. And they're trying to reach life to the fullest and they're trying so hard to achieve it. But Jesus came that we would have life to the full in him and through him. He offers this to us. He came for a full life and he gives us boundaries that we might be able to operate within that. Uh, We would operate within the boundaries to have life to the fullest. For example, my students have heard this before. If we want healthy relationships, then we must follow at least a few of the Ten Commandments. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't be mean to others, right? Don't be jealous. Don't commit adultery. Respect your, fam- your father and mother. Have no other gods. Those are basic Ten Commandments. If we want healthy relationships, that's like a good thing in our life. And God's like, here's how you do it. They're boundaries. And when we step out of those boundaries, we end up creating consequences for our life. But when we live within those boundaries, we live life to the fullest, even sometimes when it's challenging and difficult, those boundaries are put in place for us. And the best part is that they're given by a good God, right? No parent with their loved child would tell that student, hey, go and touch the stove, right? They tell them, don't touch the stove because it's hot and you're going to get hurt, Right? A parent's not saying that because they're evil and they're trying to destroy your life and your deep goals about touching stoves all the time. They're trying to tell you to protect you and to love you and to keep you safe and to help you live life better and well. Right? Our good God gives us boundaries so that because he loves us, because he's a good father, discipline comes with being a good father. Don't touch the stove. Boundaries are given by God for our benefit so that we can experience the fullness of life that God has in mind for his creation. And so it's interesting to me that rest is a part of his boundaries. Did you know that that was one of the Ten Commandments? That keeping the Sabbath? Remember and keep Sabbath day holy. As a Ten Commandment, 
as a Ten Commandment, and on a scale, I know that the Ten Commandments aren't listed in priority, like number one, this is the most important, number two, second important, but I just found that it was interesting that the Sabbath was before don't murder, don't steal, just fascinating. It says this, you shall, Exodus 28 to 11, you shall remember and keep the Sabbath day holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or your, what is that, sojourner? Excuse me. Who is without, within your gates? For in six days, I should not have italicized this. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Holy is set aside. Holy is set apart. Holy. As a Ten Commandment. Man, on a scale of one to ten, how well are we doing with this one? I will tell you right now that I struggle with it a little bit. Just a little. In the beginning, God um, modeled this behavior. He modeled himself a habit of rest on the Sabbath. Genesis 2-3 says, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Exodus 31-17 says that God rested and was refreshed. God rested and was refreshed. God needed that for refreshing. Amazing. And Jesus undercut the legalism surrounding the Sabbath throughout Scripture, or throughout the New Testament, and modeled it its purpose. In Mark 2, 27, it says, Jesus, uh, Jesus is recorded saying that the Sabbath was made for man, not the man for Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. It's a healthy boundary. It's made for you. It's for you. It's your gift. It's a gift onto us. This boundary was set by God so that we would live life to the full. On a scale of 1 to 10, I can tell you that I need to do some work in honoring the Sabbath, in creating healthy rest in my life. And so we've established the importance of this day and, and given it, and we know that it's given for our benefit. But what is it? What is the Sabbath day? Uh, we hear it and we think, oh, like it's very, you cannot do this and you cannot do this. What is the Sabbath day? It is not a day off. A day off is partly meant for relaxing, but it's also where we end up doing unpaid work. We do have to do cleaning and laundry and clean the car and, and gas up the car and we have to get groceries and lawn cutting and fix it jobs and all these things that aren't paid work we have, that we have to do to accomplish life. Um, those are unpaid jobs. The Sabbath is not a day off. The Sabbath um, is, quote, Peter uh, Scazzaro, is the author of The Emotionally Healthy Leader, and he defines the Sabbath as a 24-hour period where we stop work, we enjoy rest, we practice delight, and we contemplate God. It is meant for us to have a refreshing of the soul and a renewing connection with God. It's meant to refresh our soul and to have connection with God. So when we stop, it's my chair, when we stop, I know the leg is weird. I appreciate your warning. Please pray for me. <laughs> there, it's good. 
when we rest, I'm a little on edge, I'm not gonna lie. I'll try to rest. <laughs> when we rest, we stop work. And if you're like me, you're like, I don't have time to stop work. Like, who does? Or do you? Do you have time to stop work? Because I, like, how is that? It's not natural for us, for me, to stop work. But then I'm conflicted with the truth that I've given my life to the Lord. And if I've given my life to the Lord, then my life is no longer my own. And I'm not in control anymore. It's God's in control of my life because I've surrendered it to him. And if God's in control of my world, then when I stop, it's not centered on me, it's centered on him, and I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and I can find refreshing. I can find time to stop and trust God with my world. It's challenging because you're like, well, I'm busy, I'm busy, I get it. But who's in charge? You or God? Whose priority in your life? This is one way that I stop and be refreshed, is not necessarily in this chair, but to stop and be refreshed is to sit and be still and to have coffee, which then makes me super pumped and I can accomplish all things. But to, to be still before the Lord, and for you, it's, the Sabbath day is meant for refreshing. It's meant for rejuvenating your soul. So what rejuvenates your soul? What makes you feel refreshed and delighted? For me, sometimes it's being still or going out in nature. I asked some students um, what their thoughts were, and they're like, oh, I go to bed <laughs> if I want to feel refreshed. I just go to sleep. Like, okay, perfect. Maybe that's for you taking a nap, getting out in nature, going to see friends and family that make your soul feel refreshed. It's, it's that time where we stop and we rest and we get refreshed, and then we practice delight, delight in God. What does that look like? It's, it's practicing activities that make you feel connected and closest to God. It's practicing activities like reading our Bibles or, again, going out in nature and just looking at his creation and taking delight in him. It's taking a deep breath and stopping. If you're like me, your thoughts start at the very beginning of the day as soon as your eyes open, and you're, they just don't stop until you go to sleep and you're unconscious. Like, that is my thought process. You just can't stop. On the Sabbath, we're meant to do things that refresh our soul and to take delight in God's love by drawing close to him. So what is it for you? Is it being alone? Is it being with friends and family? Is it walking or hiking, working out, going to a movie, taking a nap, going to an art gallery, a show? What refreshes you? And what gives you joy and delight in drawing near to God? The biblical Sabbath is holy unto the Lord. It's set apart for him. It's, it's pondering the love of God is the central focus of the Sabbath. That we can stop all the busyness when we take our focus off of what's immediately in front of us and be refreshed from our perspective to fix our posturing before God and look up to him. Posturing ourselves before holy God. It's drawing close to him, reflecting on him and refreshing our soul intentionally looking for God's evidence of love and action in the world and in our life. If rest is so important to us, then consistently refusing to create Sabbath days or times of rest will take 
uh, will ultimately lead to natural consequences. And at the beginning, we kind of talked about some of those. We talked about feeling emotionally distant or feeling out of touch, including burnout, um, anxiety, bitterness. Sarcasm can be a part of this if it's tinged with bitterness. Stress and a lack of effectiveness during busyness. Right? Since part of the Sabbath is also to focus our attention on God's love and action in the world, to neglect the Sabbath to, can possibly have um, repercussions of bringing disobedience or a skewered perspective of truth. Hebrews 4, 9 to 11. So then the, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive, strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So within that, what does creating a Sabbath look like? How do we create more than just a day off? How do we just not take the day off and then accomplish all our to-do lists on that one day off all at once? But what does it look like to take not just a day off, but a Sabbath day, a 24-hour period where you rest, you stop, you delight, and you contemplate? What does it look like? Well, how do you get going? Number one is that you have to intentionally plan. We intentionally plan. A commentary I was reading through Isaiah at the beginning of the year, and the bot at the bottom of Isaiah there was a, just a commentary on the bottom of my study Bible that helped me to understand that the Sabbath is about prioritizing and reorganizing your life around God. If the Sabbath is made to be your priority, then the day off things, your to-do list, need to come into other places. You make time for them in other places. Right? We tend to make time for the things that we genuinely prioritize, don't we? Right? And so if we want to continue that fully effectiveness, if we want to continue in a place of completely connecting with the world around us, we want to actively be encouraging our faith and be refreshed in our spirit and operate out of the true place of freedom and refreshing, then the Sabbath becomes a priority to us. We, pre we prioritize God and reorganize our lives around him. So what are two things that you can do to reprioritize God in obedience to this commandment to rest? Maybe it's just setting aside a day, say, you know what, this is going to be time for refreshing. This is going to be time where I create this. And prioritizing it, intentionally planning, having and maintaining boundaries around it. The second thing is to stop making excuses. Ooh, it's a Ten Commandment. It's basic. It's basic boundaries. Guys, if you want to live life to the full, here's how you do it. Make time for rest. Stop making excuses. As we declare that Jesus as, is our priority, um, as we declare that Jesus is our Savior, we must also respond to him as our Lord and come into submission and obedience to him. And our actions make statements about how surrendered we are. Our actions make statements about how surrendered we are. Rest. Be still and know that he is God. 
be still and know that he is God. Can I have the worship leaders just come on up? Consider that the God who created time, he created time and he created you, is inviting you to come to him. All who are weary and heavy burdened, he will give you rest. Come to him. All who are weary and heavy burdened, he will give you rest. Or to come away by yourself to a desolate place and rest for a while. To step back within the boundaries surrounding our Sabbath rest in obedience to his calling. I want to encourage you that it's not going to take a first-time effort. You're going to have to continually work at forcing, uh, creating a Sabbath around your life, at healthy boundaries of what that looks like, about um, establishing establishing a 24-hour period to simply rest and be restored and to make it a priority and to live against the culture of celebrating busyness. If we live in a place where we have that 24-hour rest, our life becomes healthier according to what God spoke into our boundaries.